Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are thrilled to be in Los Angeles chatting with the incredible Annie Kotzen. Annie is an actress, storyteller, author, and TikTok sensation. You might remember her as Doris Compos from Seifeld. So her latest book, The Book of Annie, is available now. My dear Annie, welcome to the RV. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. I just want to give you the full title of the book, if I may. It's long, I know. It's The Book of Annie, Humor, Heart, and Chutzpah from an Accidental Influencer. Yes, I'm sure our listeners will be curious about this book. Annie, you are a TikTok sensation at 83. That's just fabulous. So tell us, what's the magic ingredient that makes you a sensation? Well, you know, it's taken me a while to figure that out. First of all, I'm no longer 83. I just turned 85, <laughs> but I'm getting younger every day. Um, I think something has happened that I'm very happy about in our culture, which is that where older women have always been marginalized and dismissed and invisible and disrespected, suddenly I found that young people want to get wisdom and inspiration from older women who've lived long lives and who have learned a lot of lessons. And that's what I'm getting from my over 400,000 followers. They tell me, what do you think about this? Oh, I, I want you to be my grandma. I want you to be my best friend. I want you to, and I'm, I am not used to getting this kind of love, but I'm not complaining. It's been wonderful. And that popularity is what enabled me to sell a book. For what you said, Annie, there is a shift occurring in the perception of older women. What do you think? Yes, I think so. I think it started with Betty White. I don't know how to explain it, really. Uh, there's even words in fashion now. There's a fashion style called Coastal Grandmother. There's a fashion style called Retired Art Teacher. When in our history... Has anything about older women been said in connection with fashion? Never. 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 And you have all those movies with Diane Keaton and you have all those, uh, you know, with Jane Fonda and Lily Chan. All of a sudden, those older women have become icons. They're still attractive. They're still sexually active. Uh, and, they got a, and they've got a lot of brains. They've got a lot of wisdom to offer. So you turned 85. I think I was checking something online. I, don't I think I was 83 when I when I wrote the book. I'm sure that age is just a number, Annie. You know, it's something more than that. I think when you're young, Lucia, um, when you're young, you want to be popular. 
You want to please everybody. You say yes to everything. You want to try and fit in. And I did all those things and I suffered doing it because it wasn't really who I was. And all my life, I have apologized for being too talkative, for being too opinionated, for being too frank about my opinions. I was told they were unattractive qualities in a woman. And now in my geezerhood, I am being celebrated for those exact same qualities, the things I've always apologized for. Now I'm being celebrated for. And so I think there's a moral here. Uh, and it's one of the things I say in the book that don't let other people's negative opinions of you trap you into not being who you are. And I can see that you look like you definitely agree with that. Totally, Annie. Creating content regularly on TikTok requires creativity and commitment. So where do you draw inspiration for your videos? Well, as a writer, you know, I've done some solo shows and I do something called storytelling. And I, I've basically only ever had one subject that I'm really passionate about. And that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I look at my own life. I observe my successes and my failures and my everyday life. And I try to find what's in there that may be other people can relate to. Some things are profound, some things are very superficial, and I never really know what's gonna take off. I'll give you a funny example. A couple of weeks ago, I had no material, and I post every day. So I just threw something in that's been bothering me for a long time, nothing terribly important. I didn't expect very much response to it. And it was two sentences. I said, have you been to the movies lately? Have you noticed that every film is at least one hour too long? That TikTok has gotten over 2 million views. No. <laughs> over 2 million. So I was just saying a little thing that annoys me. And that little thing that annoys me apparently annoys, if I got 2 million views, it means it must annoy billions of people. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So... The answer is, if I'm just honest about how I see the world, honest without being mean, honest without being nasty, and honest without being political. I never, I don't like to open up anything ugly or divisive. I don't talk about politics or any of that horrible stuff that you see on the news. Uh, but I think if you're honestly yourself and you share, I say in a loving way, you share who you are, Exactly. People will respond to that. But young people don't have the courage, especially young women, I'm sorry to say, they don't have the courage to do that. Yeah. I believe we are having an epidemic of fake people, not only fake news, but I think fake yes. people. And I think so. Yeah. And your viewers, they they like you. They like what you are. And this is just precious. You know, it's funny that you say that you're smarter than I am. Because when this first happened, I couldn't figure it out. I thought, what are these people? And then, so now what happens, I often get stopped in the street by some of my young fans. And I say to them, I say, what is it? Why do you watch? We, you know, we're a million years <laughs> apart in every way in every way, in our backgrounds, in our ethnicity, in our age, in our, what, what? And you know, the word they keep using is 
authentic, that I'm authentic. I don't know what that means because I think everyone is authentic, no. but you're saying no, that everyone is not. No, unfortunately, no. But hopefully, hopefully things are going to change because being natural, being what we are without pretending, it's so much easier. It's easier. Right. But I also think that women in particular are so used to wanting to please. You laugh at the guy's jokes, even though the jokes are dumb, right? Or you you tolerate certain things that men don't put up with. Uh, I'm sorry to sound like like an angry feminist, but I have to admit that I am. I mean, I love there are a lot of, I love my son. I love my husband. I love my male friends, but I have a lot of anger in me, which I hope I use in a constructive and uh, humorous way. The thing is, I want to make people enjoy what I say. I don't want to lecture to anybody. I don't want to come out with a message. I just tell a story, which I hope is amusing. And I hope that they see that there's something in there. And by the way, about my TikTok thing, I want to tell you, and again, I discovered this as a late age. One of the things of my book is that you don't regret anything that you do, or I don't. I don't regret anything I've done. I only regret things that I haven't done. And a long time ago, I gave myself a mantra, which is called, yeah, why not? So if someone asks me to do something or somebody asks me to try something, instead of my usual, oh, no, no, it's too new, I, I, I force myself to say, yeah, why not? Which is how I got on TikTok. Someone suggested it, and I thought, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Who wants to hear me on TikTok? And instead, I said, yeah, why not? So that that's one of the themes. Now, I'm talking within reason. If you invite me to go bungee jumping, that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> you know? But to be open to things, to new experiences, to new kinds of people, yeah, why not? Yeah. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Annie, I couldn't be happier to have you here today. Your career spans decades in TV, film, and theater, including roles on Seinfeld and also touring with The Moth. I have to tell you, I started this podcast because of the moth. Hey, good for you. I love it. Don't you? I love it. People want to hear stories. I just performed with them in Portland, as a matter of fact, and I'm going to be touring with them. I don't know the cities yet, but I'm so glad that you love the moth. And I, I learned a lot about storytelling. Yeah, I used to drive a lot in Florida. Everything's very far oh. there. So I was always listening to the stories. The stories are fabulous. And because of these stories, I heard something that inspired me. And I said, wow. I will start this podcast, although I don't know anything about podcasting. <laughs> so interesting. Good for yeah. you. And um, another thing I've learned, and one of the themes in my book is that I think people are too afraid of failing. 
People only do things that they're good at. I cannot tell you how many times I feel. Do you know that it took me nine years to get to the malls? Nine years that I would send them a story. They said, yes, yes, we like it. Keep sending it. I would keep sending them my stories. Nothing happened for nine years. Suddenly they called and they wanted me in New York and they wanted me in Boston and they, they wanted me on the radio. But it took nine years of failing. And once I said to somebody, why did it take so long? And they said, because you got better. So people don't realize that when you fail, it's a great learning opportunity. Why did you fail? What could you have done better? Or maybe you failed because this is not something you really want to do and you shouldn't be wasting your time doing it. Yeah. Like sometimes in a relationship, you got to know when enough is enough. That you, some things can't be fixed, right? But um, I think I am fortunate that I lived as long as I have because I've had so much failure in my life that I've had the time to recuperate and to learn from those failures to have some success. Yes, I love it. And Annie, I'm so curious about the book of Annie, Humor, Heart, and Schutzpah. From an chutzpah. I knew you wouldn't chutzpah. be a Yiddish word and it means it's very hard. Like in a lot of languages, you probably are aware of this. There are certain words that are hard to translate into English. Chutzpah means being nervy, having balls, having some, having some, I don't want to say great. These all sound like negative words. And chutzpah isn't necessarily negative. It just means that you're not afraid to speak out. You're not afraid to do something that other people might disapprove of. That's chutzpah. Oh, okay. She had a lot of chutzpah to say that. She had a lot of chutzpah to, you know, Ruth, Ruth, Gator, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was what? I think she was the only woman in her class in law school. That So when we, we, when we, we say that took Okay. to go and be the only woman in your law school. Is this book a memoir or let's say nonfiction? I'm glad to say that. People assume that it is. It's not a chronological memoir. It's just a collection of various stories, humorous stories about my life, and then some, some random observations. Uh, uh, it's all meant to be humorous, although some of the stories are about some serious things, like I became uh, the grandmother of a black child. So suddenly I was part of an interracial family and I had to figure out how to deal with that. Or when I was pregnant myself, I had a very, very serious postpartum depression, very serious. I was hospitalized for months. And so these are serious issues that hopefully I deal with a humorous and inspiring way. Also, I should tell you, I'm really old-fashioned. I still am. I like happy endings. I like stories that end on an optimistic note, even if the story itself might be very dark. My husband is Danish and is Jewish. And when he was five years old, he was hidden from the Nazis by a Christian family in Denmark. Now, that's a very grim story, you might say. But I think it's a wonderful story about people who were brave and courageous and did the right thing. So to me, it's a very inspiring story. It's not an ugly Holocaust story. It's an inspiring story about 
righteous Christians. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, when I say Christian, because they were quite religious, this family, and they said, as Christians, how can we refuse to help an innocent child? Yeah. So that makes me cry every time I say it. So I have stories like that. And then I have, I also talk a lot about marriage and dating and relationships and motherhood. <laughs> and I discovered now, as I said before, you talk about yourself, you don't know how other people respond. I was brought up poor. I was brought up never to waste anything. I don't waste food. I don't waste anything. I don't throw anything in the garbage. I find a way either to use it or to give it away. And I'm a big thrifter. I don't shop retail. I shop only in thrift stores and, and yard sales. And you can see in the background, you can see that I have a house furnished with beautiful antiques. I never buy retail. And I started writing about that. I did not know that thrifting is a big new thing now with younger people. Yeah. You, you're not here. You knew about that. I didn't. I I my I daughter, young... my daughter, she loves going to no. the wheel. No, oh my god. My oh, I wish you were in LA because I have my, I have. Oh my god. Well, I had no idea. So all of a sudden, all these young women are saying, "Oh my god, tell us more about thrifting. Tell us more about. I mean, whatever I'm wearing." <laughs> your audience can't see but i'm wearing a a very big chunky 80s necklace it's really an eye catcher and you know you would it's 80s you would not find this at macy's this mm. is a really good vintage piece and i probably paid two bucks for it wow and you know any this is good for our environment as well totally exactly exactly it's good for everything it's the you're totally right. As a matter of fact, fashion and textiles are one of the big environmental uh, catastrophes. You know, fast fashion and all that stuff. Yeah. You're right. Amy, was there a specific moment or realization that motivated you to share your stories with your readers? Well... You know, it's a little bit of a sad story. I had a mother who was not very appropriate. She wasn't the kind of mother that you and I are. And uh, and one day when I was very little, she said, you know, it's too bad that you didn't inherit the looks from my side of the family. Unfortunately, you got them from your father's side. <laughs> In other words, that was her way of telling me that I was not good looking. So she said, that means you're going to have to develop your personality. So I thought, well, what does that mean? Okay, so I'm not beautiful. How do I develop my personality? Well, maybe if I make people laugh, they will like me. Wow. And that has turned out to be the case. And now actually, even though that was mean of my mother or inappropriate of her to say, um, now the way it's turned out, I'm a little bit glad I wasn't beautiful because look at the price all those beautiful women have paid for their looks. Look at all the abuse. <laughs> I didn't get any of that. No one, you know what I mean? I, uh, But anyway, uh, it's just something I've always liked to do. I like to talk. I like to make people laugh. I like to share my insights, which I think are worthwhile. But I have to say something. You look wonderful. You look beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I'm getting told that a lot more now than I have earlier in my life. But I appreciate it. Thank you. 
Of course, that's that's true. I'm curious to know, can you share with us how you were chosen to be part of the cast of Seinfeld? Oh, well, that's actually a very good story. Uh, what happened was my agent called one day with an audition for a show I had never heard of. No one had. It was just beginning. And he told me that a better known actress that he represented, because I was nobody, but a better known actress had refused to audition because she said the part was too small. And I went into my, yeah, why not? I'll try out for it. And I got the job. I didn't know what that show would turn into. And I didn't know that they would call me back to repeat that character. And when we watched it, when we watched that episode, because this is 1991, my husband said, well, I don't get it that the show isn't about anything, <laughs> which then became, that became the yeah. famous description. And now he, that same man, my husband watches at least two episodes every night. So it was just going in and I, not knowing the results, just saying, yeah, why not? It's the day's work. I'll do it. And then it became this success. It, it changed my life professionally because once you've had a recurring on Seinfeld, people in the industry treat you differently. That's just the way this town works. Uh, so I did one character and I've been some of the classic, uh, some of the iconic episodes. And then they brought me in as a second character. By the way, what I did was very small. I only have a couple of lines in each show. It's not that it's not that people run up and recognize me on the street for that, unless they're real fanatics. There was some real Seinfeld, but uh, just being connected with that show changed a lot of things for me. Changed. But have you always wanted to be an artist, Annie? Well, you know, it's like what I was talking about. I think I secretly did, but I wouldn't allow myself. I did what I was told. I was brought up to be a pianist, to be a piano teacher. I started out as a piano teacher, which I always hated, and I wasn't a very good pianist. I hadn't learned yet to think for myself and make my own choices. And actually, my husband suggested I start acting, and then I didn't. I realized that that, and then my husband also suggested that I started writing. And so doing those two things, writing and acting, gave me a lot of pleasure. And I see that you're... The whole family is very creative. I can see the paintings behind you uh, that yeah. you told me were, your your husband is also a right. And the funny thing is, and this was never expected, I shoot the TikToks in my own home. So, of course, people like you, they notice the paintings. And because they notice the paintings, Benny has actually sold quite a few pieces of art through TikTok. Amazing. <laughs> Who, whose art is that? I say, just go to bennycorzenart.com. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, and he just had a big solo show in LA, which he never, he just paint, you know, some things you do because you love to do. My husband has always loved to paint all of his life. Mm -hmm. Never thought about selling, never thought about showing, just wanted to make art. Now he's actually showing and selling at 85 oh. for the first time. <laughs> That sounds just amazing. Any looking ahead, what are your goals and aspirations, both personally and professionally? 
you know, I'd really like to keep doing what I'm doing with with some money in the bag. We've financially we have always struggled because of living our hippy dippy artsy creative life. We haven't been very smart about money. And I'd love to do what I'm doing now, but then maybe decide if I feel like going on a cruise, I can do that cruise. <laughs> you know, so I'd like to have some of those extras in life. Not that I have a bad life. I have a very good, I'm very grateful for what I have, but I'd like some extras and I'd like some security, but I like what I'm doing. I don't want to change what I'm doing. I like talking to people like you. Thank you. <laughs> I enjoy this. Yes, yes. I don't know, to be able to, do what you want to do you feel like doing whatever yes, you want it's just exactly fun. it's a great it's a great blessing there's a famous saying i didn't come up with it maybe you can correct me i don't know if i have it right it's something like if you if you do work that if you if you love what you do you will never work a day in your life and that's just so true you know it's true you can see it on people who love what they do Right? Yes. Yeah, I write about it and it's just perfect. So, Amy, I would like to ask you if you want to leave a message. Well, of course, I want to tell them to buy my book, The Book of Annie, Heart, Humor, and Hutzpah from an Accidental Influencer. But I would like to say to maybe not pay so much attention to the rules. Break the rules. When I was growing up, the rule in my neighborhood was stick with your own kind. And I think a lot of people grow up with that. A lot of small town people, a lot of ghetto people, a lot of all kinds of people, wealthy people. People grow up with that mantra, stick with your own kind. And when I realized that if I broke that rule and I reached out to other kinds, my life became so much richer. So that's what I would say. Question the rules. They're not always right. Do what's right for you. Make your own rules. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And I love it. Sometimes I tell my husband, rules are made to be broken. And he looked at me. He looks at me like, <laughs> no. I said, yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. <laughs> And Annie, I'm so I want to read of your book, of course. And I would like you could share with us where can we find you and your book. Oh, first of all, you can get me at my website, anniecorson.com. But you can buy the book on Amazon or in some bookstores like Barnes and Noble. You can get the Amazon also has Kindle. And you can get the audiobook with me reading it, which is a lot of fun, on Audible, audible.com. Mm -hmm. So it's very available. It's out there. <laughs> Sounds great. And also, you are on TikTok. Are you on Instagram as well? You know, I'm on it, but I don't use it. I don't really understand. Okay. I am on it, but I don't, I never understand. But yeah, I'm there. I don't know what. What don't 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 worry yeah. i will just uh, yes yeah i'll put your website on our headlines and for our listeners any is highlighted in this month's edition of our magazine the relatable voice for january so access your free copy at www.relatable-media.com to discover more about any 
Thank you. And Annie, I, I told you that I'm I'm your fan. I couldn't be happier to have you here. I will read your book. I will be talking to everybody about it. I would love to go back to LA to talk with you again. So as soon as you <laughs> something new, just let me know. I sure will. It's a pleasure. I love talking about myself and you asked me some great questions. I appreciate that. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.